Harness Racing, Victoria Wide. RSN927 is Talking Trots. Hello and good morning to Talking Trots. You're listening to RSN927 on a Saturday morning. It's been a bit of a busy Saturday morning for me, Bakes, I've got to say. I'm a little bit flustered at the moment, so you might just, really? have, to, you might just have to play... Uh... Getting up this early, surely you'd... You'd have everything in check. Yeah, no, well, that, well, it can go either way, can't it? But um, terrific racing again at Tabcorp Park this evening. Five group races. So it's one of those situations you think there's going to be a gap between the Vic Bread Super Series and the Breeders' Crown, but in fact, we've got the Redwood next week and some really high-quality racing again this week. In fact, I reckon the Tatlow stakes for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings, despite the small field, would go close to being near the strongest race for two-year-olds in Victoria this season. Yeah, well, uh, it's... Your jelly hammer's not there, obviously. But. Of course, but it's hard to argue on the balance of uh, the strength of the field. And, um, yeah, really looking forward to chatting about this Melton program. We're going to hero this card, I think, this morning. We'll just go through the 12 races, give you some time to give us some thoughts. So we'll start on race one on the card, nice and early in the program, 5.33pm tonight, the DNR Logistics Vic Bread Platinum Group 3 for Mares, uh, 70 to 89 grade, and... Uh, Shining Aura has come up to a clear fixed odds favourite with Tab fixed odds over a stable mate, Trinity Dreaming, who's uh, there, a clear second favourite, and gaps back to Rock and Roll Pearl, uh, Holly's Miss Molly, She Envy. Uh, what are your thoughts on the race? Um, look, I reckon there's a couple of things that could happen here. Trinity Dreaming has got enough speed. First of all, we should outline the fact that probably... So before the Vic Bread Super Series, if you'd said that Shining Oro and Trinity Dreaming were in the same race, regardless of the draws, you would have given Tr- Trinity Dreaming absolutely none, I would have thought, of beating Shining Oro. But what she did through the Vic Bread Super Series, Trinity Dreaming, including running third in the uh, in the Group 1 final, means that she like has to be a legitimate chance here. And in fact, I'm tipping her on top. But back to the map... Trinity Dreaming can protect the inside early on. Guilty Hanover is a quick beginner, but I don't reckon she'll try that hard to get across Trinity Dreaming. Uh, Rock and Roll Pearl can begin quickly, has been doing so at Tabcourt Park. Menanga will go forward, you would have thought. Shining Oro will also go forward. Now, I reckon Trinity Dreaming will hold Rock and Roll Pearl and then probably hand up to Shining Oro. And it all depends how much work they've done. Rockabella Stars is the other one who could have a genuine lash. I don't think she will. Over the middle trip, probably not. No. Um... So it all depends whether it all organises itself nice and politely and very civilly and Shining Oro finds the front in a 46-second lead time or Rock and Roll Pearl causes some consternation in the early part and um, and we have a situation where they've gone quicker than Shining Oro or Trinity Dreaming would have liked. Now, if things organise themselves well, I think the Trinity Dreaming might just be able to outping Shining Oro the way she's going at the moment, but really they are the two critical winning chances, and if you wanted to be very bullish in the first leg of your early quaddies, you could just play one and six, but I think this is a race where a few unusual things might happen. I'd be including Rock and Roll Pearl, who returns to Victoria a better horse for having raced in those very, um, you know, those brutally run short course races at Tabcourt Park. Menangle, she envies a horse who's going to need fortune in transit, but, but if she gets it, she's good enough. Holly's Miss Molly's the one that I've been pu- plumping up for all week, but more on the basis that she was $41. I think she's into around... 14. Yeah, 14. So... You can flip the, uh, flip the flip the numbers around there, and all of a sudden you've got a situation. I marked a nine, so you could still make an argument. There's overs. Are the overs good enough to get heavily involved with now? That's entirely your decision. I would suggest you know it's going to be hard to get involved at fourteen dollars. I'd wait for the paramutual. I reckon she'll start twenty dollars plus, 
uh, Holly's Miss Molly, and uh, Flojo's gold also. She'd need a lot of favours from back there, but she's actually racing better than her figure form line might suggest. So between two and six winning hopes in the first for me, Bakes, one, six, five, and eight. Your thoughts? Oh, I thought Shining Aura would lead and win, and Trinity Dreaming would uh, would lock in second. So I think it's actually a really good betting race, and I think you can play that way. Um, she Envy. Not worried about Shining Oro's oh, um, last start. I mean, she was disappointing. Yeah, I She's understand. She's a beach dreams run past her. Sorry? She's a beach dreams run yeah, past but her. Yeah, it's so hard to work out. dreaming would be going better than she's a beach dream. Probably, but there's just something about she's a beach dream that I'm not I'm not totally sure that she's not a very good horse. So, um, Or at least, you know, that the form won't work out pretty well. So, yeah. I'd, yeah. Anyway, I, I think she envy. I'm not certain she will run third, even though she's going to get that lovely run in transit. I think Outback Shadow's flying, and wouldn't be shocked if a big odd she sort of ran top four, but... Anyway, we move on. Race 2 on the card goes at 6.02pm. The Allied Express pace and key scratching, or at least an important scratching speed map-wise, is number 2, Christmas Jolt. It means Athlone, the emergency, gets into the race from the pole. Uh, clearly, the class is drawn sort of front row here, you'd have to say, with Caitlin Clark selling the dream, Dynamic Bromac all off the front. But Phil Monty's uh, going really well for Ken Hartley off the second row as well. I would have thought that Dynamic Bromac clearly has enough speed, particularly with the removal of Christmas Joel, to boom across these and find the front. Now, selling the dream gets out relatively well. Uh, Caitlin Clark holds her own. Um, yeah, Illawong Maestro and Double Dip Heaven won't come out with any great gusto. So I reckon if, if Kim Befriending really, um, you know, buzzes, uh, buzzes Dynamic Bromac up in the preliminaries, I reckon he'll just go boom straight across the uh, face of the field. Now, at his best... That would be the end of the story, Dynamic Bromac. He'd be too good for these. He's, he, he, he has got the capacity to run a very slippery mile. He was in pretty ordinary form, it has to be said, before coming out and winning from off-speed last time out. Now he's got a little bit of confidence back. I reckon if he's in front here, I just think there'll be no pressure. I can't find a breeze horse. I can't even find a horse that would be willing to put on moderate mid-race pressure. So Dynamic Bromac, there'll be no excuses. And I reckon the, the, the fact that you're still getting around that $3 mark means that you're entitled to get involved. I've got him on top of Caitlin Clark, who was super disappointing last time out as a $1.50 favourite on a wet track. But prior to that, the runs through the Vic Bread Super Series were wonderful. They were really, really good. Illawong Maestro had a tiny little dip in form, but is now going back pretty much as well as he ever has. I would have thought uh, he's run two starts back when just beaten by Rock and Roll Chapel, who ended up along the inside, was really good and wonderful last time out as well. Uh, it's the other winning chance. And I've elevated selling the dream now because I think there's a, there's a chance selling the dream might be able to get across and um, get into that beautiful trailing position behind Dynamic Bromac. Phil Monty also goes in the mix somewhere. But the straight-out bet for mine in race two is Dynamic Bromac. Seven, three, five, and four, my numbers, base. Race three on the card is at 6.33 p.m. The Melton Toyota pace over the sprint trip. For the 70 to 79 horses and the scratching of Athlone makes sense here. Goes into the previous race, uh, lift and talk's drawn outside the second row, but we've seen him begin very quickly from that position on occasion um, in his two-year-old career at least. Can he can he get into the fight early here? Is uh, I, I think he can. I mean, last time he proved that he doesn't have to over the middle trip. Uh, the puppet sat back and just said, oh, I've got enough speed here to run past you when I press the button. And he was absolutely right in, in believing that. Here over the short trip, I reckon he'll take luck out of the equation a bit more and just whip around because there's nothing on the front row I don't think that'll hold him out. You could probably make a tiny argument that Micromedial might if it found the front, but I'm not cons- I'm not convinced it would find the front anyway. So lift and talk. Are we still getting a buck sixty. 
dollar fifty ish. I think. Well, yeah. I, I marked uh, I marked him a dollar fifty, and I think a dollar fifty is about right. Very similar grade to last time I had. And back in the day, lift and talk always appreciated short course trips better than middle trips anyway. Yep. So he'll win the race. I mean, he gets in well with the claim for Derby McGuigan. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing. And these concession drivers, I mean, the, the, the figures are out. They're getting in, they're getting amazing opportunities under this new rating system, and Derby's been one of those uh, one of those drivers getting an incredible opportunity uh, now, driving more and more for Emma Stewart. Uh, Micromedial goes in for second. He's a very consistent horse. He's brave. He doesn't usually wave the white flag or throw in the white towel, but he's um, but he rarely looks like he's going to win races either. Naomi Malone even goes in the mix here. Had a fair bit of conserved energy, I reckon, last time out. It was just poking through, and I don't think was fully extended. Well, I know it wasn't fully extended going into the line. And Spinner's Boy's the kind of horse who... Well, he's a funny horse. He went well uh, after a tough run, I reckon, last time out. But generally speaking, he needs to be held up for about a 200-metre burst of speed. And if, he can, if that can happen, he will win one of these races one day. But you'd be entitled to think that's unlikely to happen from gate six off the front line. 11, 5, 2 and 6. Lift and talk and moral in the third. Couldn't disagree. Race four on the card. Last league of the early quaddy. The Aldebaran Park Trotters handicap uh, for the Mitch Bolden class horses over the middle trip. Illawong Armstrong draws the pole from the stand, obviously. Um, he's going to start favourite, you would have thought, but you found Magical as your favourite. Can... Uh, well, will the market flip at some stage? Well, what what is the market saying now? Oh, uh, it's sort of a dollar ninety five, three dollars eighty ish. Oh, the okay. one that I've seen. So there's been a good move for Magical. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't have reference points for the market I've seen. Right. Uh, well, well, all I'll say is that Illawong Armstrong. I mean, you'd be you'd be committed, wouldn't you, to to take a dollar ninety five bet Illawong? I, I know he looks extremely well in off the front, given what he's achieved in his career and the fact that he generally goes around against the, the elite. But there's no guarantees. In fact, he will get crossed early on. There's no doubt about that. Starlight, Storm and I and my Crider are both very quick beginners. Daiquiri is pretty quick. So Illawong Armstrong is going to have to balance up and will probably be 10 or 15 metres off the lead very soon after the start. Then, potentially, yes, can whip around possibly and find the front. But at that stage, he might be pulling if you've had to really wind him up to try and get him to the top. So you're insane if you take um, if you take sub $2 a bet Illawong Armstrong, even if he wins the race. Uh, you couldn't be taking that price. I've gone Magical on top. I think he's a, he's obviously the progressive horse in the race. The couple of trials have been very inconclusive in preparation for his return to racing. So I would want market intelligence to suggest that he's ready to he's ready to win for Snooze Finozio first up from a break. But if he is, I've got him on top here. Of number six, Wall Spirit, who I just think is the, the relatively foolproof one. He begins relatively well off the front. Um, he's no superstar war spirit, but I think he gets an opportunity here. Illawong Armstrong goes in for third and for fourth. Starlight Storm, and I wouldn't be surprised if Starlight's... Well, I, I'd nearly make a case that Starlight Storm straight at the drum might be the best betting proposition in the race because you know he's going to ping to the top. He'll either lead or hand up to an appropriate rival who knocks on the door. And from there, he goes well enough, I reckon, to finish top three and might be paying $3 the place. So... Tricky race, the fourth, the standing start trotting handicap, 13, 6, 1 and 3 are my numbers. Yeah, I could I could make cases for on fast forward, Weinberg um, wasted. Yeah, I'd, I'd be playing nearly the field in the early quaddy race five. On the card, we'll get through this before we go to a break. The Cog Services pace over the 17.20. Odds on favourite here, born to rock and roll first up from a break, but the scratching of delight me means that uh, he's going to be pretty short. Well, he would have been anyway. Um, I marked him $1.60. I'd probably wind him into $1.40. Um, born and rock and roll. Look, here's the equation. He's unbelievably talented. I mean, at times last preparation, he looked like a genuine, genuine group one animal. Born and rock and roll. Uh, he turns up here first up from a break. 
Will anything – here's my question to you first. Do you see a horse – like the charging mole won't hold him out. The pocket of the deal won't get involved. Hickstead won't get heavily involved. Reciprocity really is the only one who could lead an attempt to hold Born to rock and roll out. Do you, what chance out of 100% is that that will happen? Uh, five. I think she'd be more than happy to take a trail on him. There you go. There. He, he's over the line then. And if you're worried about how he's going to return to racing, he split rock and roll icon and Maritai in that 153-4 mile trial at Tabcorp Park Mountain, then comfortably won the next trial, even though potentially if you watch the trial, it says that Delight Me won the trial. It was actually uh, born to rock and roll. And uh, so he's coming back to racing, obviously, in fine fettle. He'll lead and win. Reciprocity, if it crosses the charging mower, should run second. The charging mower is going great guns. Gangbusters off soft trips at the moment. Looks a clear third pick. And the other ones you need to include here are Bernie Winkle and Magical Marm with the scratching of delight me. The only other little thing that might happen here is out of here might be ripped off the gate, but wasn't last time and I'd suggest from gate seven probably won't be again. Without delight me in the race, my number's five are moral over three, one and eight bakes. Yeah, the charging roll is going to run really well again um, if she gets any luck and if she's not planted back on the inside, but agree, born to rock and roll, will be winning. We're up to our race six or race six on our preview of Tabcorp Park Melton tonight. The group three Melton Pace statewide water cartage over the 22.40, we've got an odds-on favourite here, rock and roll icon. Well, in your market anyway, not sure how that's going to play out in terms of the overall market because Maritai was well-backed earlier in the week. You're considering it a real race in two, but I think the early tab market I saw certainly had a couple of others that could be considered chances. I might drag that market up if I, uh, I get a chance. And uh, right now, rock and roll icon's 260 over Maritai, 270, but Shelby Bromack... $6.50 in single figures. Form analyst, $8.50 also in single figures. You saw it a little bit differently. Um, or, or let, let's be really clear with the punters here. Shelby Bromack and form analyst have got no chance of winning whatsoever. There's only two horses who can possibly win the race, and they are Rock and Roll Icon and Maritai. You could have backed both to win earlier in the week. Uh, some sort of dividend. You still can now, 260 and 270. Are they 260 and 270? Yep. They're 260 and 270? Yep. Well, it's, what is going on there? I don't know. Oh, well, that's just that is just utterly bizarre. One of the two will be winning the race. There's no doubt in my mind at all. Shelby Bromack led and was under pressure and got beaten by Franco Tristan Park last week. Who is scratched from this race, Franco Tristan? And form analyst. Well, form analyst run was good. It's in the Emma Stewart stable, and I don't think it's ever lived in the same world as rock and roll icon or maritime rock and roll. Icon and Maritai have both returned with dazzling first-up runs. I don't get it. Do it. Do it. Back them both to uh, to, win a, to win something here. I've narrowly gone with Maritai over Rock and Roll Icon, but it's going to be a very similar situation here. Rock and Roll Icon's going to bully his way to the front, roll along at a genuine tempo, and then Maritai's going to have to come from off the speed or potentially go up and park outside him this time. Although that's a dangerous game with Rock and Roll Icon because he can put together a lot of like a series of sub-30-second sectionals. So if you're in the breeze, it can be a tough life. So it's going to be a big decision for uh, David McGuigan what he does with Maritai. But, look, I've just gone with Maritai over Rock and Roll Icon, but one of the two will be winning. They're the only two I'll be playing in all of my quaddies. In for third, I've thrown in Van Mara, who I reckon has thrown in a couple of encouraging performances at its last two starts, been training back in the right direction. And Van Dander in for fourth. You can leave me out. Like, form analysts, I think, will improve off its first up run where it didn't have a lot of fortune and Shelby Bromack has got some ability but I don't think he's racing anywhere near his best here. It's a race in two here, 10 and 7 over 9 and 8 in the Melton Pace final of Group 3 level. Race 7 is the Alabar 3-year-old. Do you agree with me by the way or not? Uh, yeah, I thought Maritai would win. 
But, but, um, but you reckon it's a race in one or two? Like yeah. Those other ones can't win, can they? No. No. Race 7 is the Alabar three-year-old classic at 8.30pm. Over the sprint trip for the three-year-old Phillies, Bazinga won a much softer race last time, but her Kiwi form is exemplary against some of the better Phillies in the land. Uh, two dangers, Emma Stewart stablemates looking fabulous and two times better. I've had a, an opinion, and I know this will probably get me into a bit of bother here, but I've had an opinion that three-year-old Phillies in Victoria, or the, you know, the two-year-old Phillies from last season and the three-year-old Phillies in Victoria are a relatively moderate bunch. Kualoa clearly being the best of them. Kualoa's not here. And you look at a horse like Bazinga, who has been competitive, properly competitive on occasions, over in New Zealand with Belle of Montana and our Princess Tiffany, who were two of the best three-year-old fillies of the past 15 years. Uh, All things being equal, after having one little pipe-opening run on Victorian soil for Dean Braun, Bazinga, I think, will just be too good. I'm not sure she'll get involved early, and the 17-20 might be the little tiny concern. But I reckon she'll just cruise up to whoever's leading. It'll be either looking fabulous or two times better. I think two times better. <laughs> and park outside two times better and just beat her, to be honest. So clear on top selection. I think two times better is a much better winning hope than looking fabulous. Looking fabulous has beaten home two times better at their last two encounters through the Vic Bread Super Series. But I reckon looking fabulous gets across the pole marker. And I reckon two times better begins on roller skates and finds the front or takes the front from looking fabulous, and then Bazinga probably races outside the leader. That's how I read the race. They're the only three who can win five, seven, and two, but I'm really bullish that Bazinga, for the um, for the fans of uh, Sheldon, what's that show Cooper. called? Yeah, Big Bang Theory. It's five, seven, two, and eight anyway. My number's not. Alabar three-year-old classic. Leg of the quarter is the Ray 7 Social Club pace. Interesting race name. Major times with the scratching of Winkins over begins from inside the second row, but... Uh, maybe he won't begin from there. Maybe he'll be uh, dragged off the, the gate and get around them at some stage. He's the clear and obvious favourite. Rock and Roll Eyes was really good in town last week, though. Maybe uh, Slash definitely will be taken off the inside early and Major Times will be too good for these. And what's going to help here is the fact that uh, Wardan Express, despite a very moderate first up run, I reckon will be ripped off the arm. Jean-Luc and Manganello will do the same. They'll run early. Uh, the puppet will just sit back, watch it all unfold, probably whip around to the breeze at his earliest convenience, and he'll just dominate these for ability in class. Uh, I, I'm with you. I reckon Rock and Roll Eyes is flying. The problem is he just lacks that top-end speed, doesn't he? But apart from that, it, like his toughness has been really on display uh, in Victoria of recent times for Glenn Douglas. So I've got him in a second after he's been... Do a good job at Manangle, I reckon. Yeah. But he's still... Track. Yep. I, he'd still be stuck on a mark that he couldn't run any faster than over the mile. Uh, number three, Manganello goes into uh, in for third here on the proviso. He probably bullies his way to the front at some point. And for fourth, TCB McRae, who's looming more these days at different times, like he is going to break through and win a race. But that last 50 or 70 metres is still, um, still a concern. Major times should be winning for Emma Stewart last leg of the court. He nine, one out ahead of five, three and four. Race nine, the first of the Tatlows for renowned silverware. This is the two-year-old Colts and Geldings at group two level. Uh, be happy, Mac. We got a good push earlier in the week from the stable on gate speed, but Miragon and You Are My Sunshine both likely to be in the market. Pseudo stable. Um, yep. I, I think I mentioned the World Chess Championship, which you would have loved. Uh, in the form comment bakes. Uh, I said this could be more tactical than a, nice. a World Chess Championship uh, match because what's gonna, what is going to happen here? It's very hard to work out. Star Hunter will lead early from the pole marking draw, can protect that position. May want to try and lead all the way, but I reckon at some point the pressure is just going to be brought to bear and he's going to have to hand up. I don't think you'll want to hand up to you, are my sunshine. I reckon he'll be more inclined 
to hand up to Miragon, and then Be Happy Mac has to whip around and race in the breeze. That's my map anyway. Miragon in front, Be Happy Mac breeze, Star Hunter trail, You Are My Sunshine one by one, and I reckon they're badly underrating You Are My Sunshine. At the end of the day, on face value, just beat Miragon on his merits and the youthful stakes, then had a month between runs, obviously a little hiccup, and was still good enough on ability, even though the fitness levels might not have been spot on, to beat Star Hunter and a couple of others in the constellation of the Vic Bread Super Series, will be fitter for that run. I reckon it's going to be a horse who's better suited to middle trip racing than short trip racing. And I reckon if he's able to stalk Be Happy Mac everywhere here and just peer late, I reckon he's the one to beat personally. I've got Be Happy Mac in for second. I think he's a really good horse, and he, he might be the best of the Emma Stewart runners, but I don't think he's an abject megastar, as I think some people are saying at the moment. I think he's a really, really nice horse. Miragon is just getting too many twos next to his name than you would like at the moment, but if he's in front here, he won't know himself, and Star Hunter goes in as a clear fourth pick. Really good race. He's absolutely elite Tatlow stake, six eight seven one. Race 10 is the second of the Tatlows for Rian Silverware, the two-year-old fillies group two level worth $50,000 and treasures drawn outside the front but looks uh, well the uh, the obvious in many ways on what she's done aside from that uh, what was it semi-final the Vic Bread Super Series where it all went wrong yeah um, look the Emma Stewart runners they've all got different personalities you can leave Joe Diener out of the mix I would have thought but I would be saying that there's of the three other runners, you've got Amelia Rose, who's the ambush artist, the sit sprinter, and then you've got uh, Gemstone, who's the one pace warrior, likes to go forward and lead in her races, and you've got Treasure, who's pretty much the complete animal, I would have thought, apart from the fact that, you know, she pulled very hard in the semi final of the Vic Bread Super Series, and she has galloped once or twice, but apart from that, she, like, as a racehorse, she's got more weaponry than the other two, and that's why I've got her on top, and just because I think she's better. So I'm going with Treasure on top. She'll have to do the most work of the race. I think she'll end up in the breeze outside of Gemstone. In fact, I'm very confident of that. But I still think she'll get the better of her rivals, although the ninety on offer has not been overly generous. Amelia Rose, I think, is the major danger because you know she's blisteringly fast when held up for one run. So that's always makes her dangerous. In for third, I've got number six, Gemstone, who I think is just going to be beaten for speed in the concluding stages as she was in the Vic Bread Super Series final. And Ireland is obviously an interesting runner. Uh, went around at a dollar ninety on debut for Mick Stanley after a very impressive trial where she got home in 55.2 seconds. But she'd need to be really good, wouldn't she, to beat two or three of the most established and best fillies of the season so far to turn up at start number two and beat them. It seems unlikely to me. My numbers are seven, five, six, and one. Race eleven on the card is the something about Maori Trotters free for all Group Three level over the middle trip. Uh, Lepo Jewel, she looks uh, she looks like she's in rare form at the minute, and she continues that even though she's been beaten at her past couple. Does she just win this? No, she doesn't just win. No, not at all. I reckon it's a three-horse race. Moonlight Dream did beat her in the Vic Bread Super Series final and was um, good enough again in contesting a race against Lepo Jewel last time out. EJ Money's going nicely at the minute, and may be able to find the front. I think it probably ends there. Desert Flyer has a happy knack of winning these sorts of races, but I think she's better off in big fields where she's able to slot in a beautiful position. I think widest front line draw, she's going to have to get all the way back. Fear Not's probably not classy enough, and Garston Girls second up from a very long break. So it's a race in three. Aleppo Jewel, one of my old faves, the one to beat, but not a declaration job. Six, four, five, and two. And the last, the tab multiplier pace final, Obviously, some good form lines running to this Diamond Cullen and Royal Obsession. Uh, look, the two class runners there, heat winners, but uh, could you find anything else at odds? No. Nah.
Uh, the only one who sun rainbow, I thought. Four, seven, ten, and two. I just thought with the puppet on board, Diamond Callan will get itself into a beautiful spot and might be able to have that turn of speed at the finish to get the job done. Overall obsession, the alternate heat winner. I like the way Sun Rainbow got home in its qualifier, and I know that Team McGuigan have got a reasonable opinion of the horse. And number two, Miss Soapbox might be able to find the front, and you can just see LB being pretty aggressive if he does find the front with Miss Soapbox and giving them something to chase. Four, seven, ten, and two in the final event of the program. I'm declaring Royal Obsession there. I think he'll be uh, he'll be too good no matter where he lands in transit. Your best. I reckon that around that three dollar mark, Dynamic Bromac is definitely worth a bet. I've already mentioned during the week, Holly Smith Molly, but maybe getting in to shoot too short a quote. Now the absolute morals in the program. I reckon it's all Emma Stewart. Lift and Talk will be winning. Born to Rock and Roll will be winning. And Major Times will be winning. And really looking forward to the return clash between the only two horses who can win race six. Rock and roll icon and also Maritime Bakes. All right, you gather yourself up. Try and get yourself together for the next couple of hours. It's It's been a tough morning, but you got through it. Congratulations. Thanks, mate. I'll be joining the listeners once again on race day mornings in about... 7 o'clock to... Two and a half hours. There you go, 9.30. We'll see you then.